Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subtrade in the usual wholesale quantities. Once again, all the above definitions that we've talked about so far, all commercial terms involving a connection with manufacturing, trade and traffic, or commerce in general, as in business activity and including buying and selling that is being conducted by some legal entity. Right. My home, my home is not merchandise that's freely offered for sale to all purchasers. Uh, well, okay. It's not even on the market. I mean, unless you got it on the market, but even then it still wouldn't apply because well, it's a private property. Well, my point is everybody thinks it's only applicable if it's considered, you know, merchandise is the key word there, that there's, a, once again, a commercial use, that it's some kind of unit, uh, you know, a, uh, on a shelf, like stock. That's not the case at all. Well, once again, or if you were a realtor and you had 10 homes up on your website for sale, those would be considered real property and considered part of the merchandise of the retailer in that sense. Right. But that's what a realtor is going to be. You're technically a retailer. You're selling these homes off in your corporate capacity for a profit. So that's another thing we'll kind of probably notice as we go along here, what they're talking about. Now, if we look into the construction of the Florida State Constitution, the Florida State Statutes, and the Florida Administrative Code, makes it obviously clear whose property is lawfully intended to be regulated, taxed, and controlled, and which person is liable to pay such a tax, and clearly states the exemptions from all taxation of such person. Keep in mind that all government codes, rules, regulations, and statutes can only apply to state sovereign lands, government employees, and what government is or has created. Once again, I like that last part, what government is or has created. Even the municipal corporation, known as most people's local government, cannot violate the people's constitutional rights to raise funds for its functions, okay? Now we're going to cover up just a little bit more. We've got the taxpayer definition out of 192 Florida Statutes, which is a person or other legal entity. We have the taxpayer definition out of 22003, which is the income tax code out of Florida, meaning any corporation. Now the Florida Constitution, Article 7, Section 3B, taxes and exemptions, makes it clear that there shall be exempt from taxation accumulated every head of family residing in the state, household goods, and personal effects of the value fixed by general law. Once again, let's just remember, when reading the taxing statutes, or I'm sorry, the constitutional provisions, that's only going to apply to a taxpayer, too. So they're talking, the head of family is going to be a taxpayer of some kind. They're not talking about the average everyday person. Really, when it gets down to the Constitution, I think the only part of the state constitution that applies to the people is your Bill of Rights. The rest of it is all how government's going to do its function. It has nothing really to do with the people at all. Your judicial section just states how the court's got to be done, how the judges have to be put in play in a line, legislatures, how they're elected, what their duties are, what the procedures they have to go through to enact law. They... Oh, no, we, we being a local show now, we, we, we have to outsource to China. We, Man, we, 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 we no, more, no longer legal wars. Yeah, we got to change that. Yeah, sorry for the, the legal war. Uh, yeah, you're so. listening to the Bow and Rocker Show, as heard every Wednesday night here from 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, um, hey, Steve, something just came up here. This is way off topic, but uh, uh, it looks like uh, one of our uh, mutual favorite bands is going to finally get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Who's that? Rush. Oh, right on. And you got a Getty Lee story, but that'll be in a future uh, uh, future time. You can share that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not, I don't know. We're kind of almost in the middle of this, so it looks like if we keep going along, we'll probably get this whole thing in here. So yeah, absolutely. Be... That'll be the after show. But but okay, yeah. kick it off. Okay. All right, man. Well, let's just kind of pick up where we left off. Once again, the Constitution of the State of Florida is making it very clear that they'll should be exempt from taxation, <coughs> household goods, and personal effects. Florida Statutes 196-181 it basically makes the same claim, that there shall be exempt from taxation to every person residing or making his or her permanent home in this state household goods and personal effects. Title to such household goods and personal effects may be held individually by entities jointly or in common with others. Now, 
here's something that even defines this even better is in the Florida Administrative Code 12D-7002, Exemptions of Household Goods and Personal Effects. Listen very carefully how this is worded. Only household goods and personal effects of the taxpayer, which are actually employed in the use of serving the creature comforts of the owner and not held for commercial purposes, are entitled to the exemptions provided in 196-181, which is what I just read. Creature comforts are things which give bodily comfort, such as food, clothing, and shelter. <laughs> Commercial purposes includes owning household goods and personal effects as stock and trade or as in furnishings and rental dwelling units. So once again, commercial purposes opposed to non-commercial purposes or creature comforts. And food, clothing, and shelter. Shelter is our key word here, okay? Now, Florida Constitution, Article 7, Section 6A, makes it clear, once again, only applying to a taxpayer now, that every person who has legal or equitable title to real estate and maintains thereon the permanent residence of the owner or other legal entities or naturally dependent upon the owner shall be exempt from taxation thereon. The real estate may be held by legal or equitable title or by entities jointly or in common as a condominium or indirectly by stock ownership or membership representing the owner's or member's proprietary interest in a corporation, owing a fee or a leasehold initially in excess of 99 years. So once again, you have to study and really pay close attention to the wording here, who they're talking about. But the key is, is if the taxpayer's home and permanent residence is exempt from all taxation they're on, how does the non-taxpayer's home come up on the tax roll? You must ask yourself. Now we also have exemptions of homestead, which is technically enacted off the Article, uh, Article, I'm sorry, Article 7, Section 6A, which I just read. Every person on January 1st has legal or equitable or beneficial title in equity to real estate property in a state who resides thereon in good faith and makes his or her the permanent residence. Once again, keep that term in mind, permanent residence. Or the permanent resident of another or either legal entities dependent upon such person is entitled to exemptions from all taxation. Now that's telling you that if you, if you own five homes, and your children lived in one or two or three of them, and your mother lived in another, there's no way they could even tax taxpayers having these four or five homes. But they want to tell you differently, though. But we'll get into that later. Anyhow, Florida Statutes 195-027, Rules and Regulations. The Department shall prescribe reasonable rules and regulations for the assessing and collecting of taxes. And such rules and regulations shall be followed by the property appraiser and tax collector, clerks of court, and value adjustment boards. Hereby, it is declared to be the legislative intent that the Department shall formulate such rules and regulations that property will be taxed, assessed, and be collected, and the administration will be uniform, just, and otherwise in compliance and with the requirements of general law and the Constitution. Now we throw out the Black's Law Dictionary of definition of house. Structure that serves as living quarters for one or more persons. Shelter, as defined in the Black's Law Dictionary. In statutes relating to provisions of food, clothing, and shelter for one's children, term generally refers to a home with proper environments as well as protection from the weather. Household, belonging to the house and family. Home, one's own dwelling place, the house which one lives, especially the house in which one lives with his family or inhabits a dose of one's family, a dwelling house. And then we have the definition comfort. Personal effects is a good one. Oh, you like that one there, Rob. Articles associated with person as property having more or less an intimate relationship to person or possessor. Effects, meaning immovable or chattel property of any kind. Usually referred is as such items as the following, as following owner. Gee, I can't read. Usually referred is such items as the following owned by a descendant at the time of death. Clothing, furniture, jewelry, stamps, coins, collections, coin collections, silver, china, crystals, cooking utensils, books, cars, television, radios, etc. Then we have the definition of household. Those who dwell under the same roof, blah, blah, blah. Those who dwell together under families, la, da, da. Okay. Now, statutes makes it clear and defines taxpayers, a corporation, or other legal entity. And the Florida Statutes 196-181 and the Florida Administrative Code 12D7.02 defines household goods and personal effects of the taxpayer to be creature comforts, things which give bodily comfort such as food, clothing, and shelter, and states that such creature comfort shall be exempt from taxation. The Black Salt Dictionary defines shelter as a term generally referring to the home. Um, the black, it also defines household as belonging to the house and the family. The Florida State Constitution, Article 3B, states that those household goods and personal effects to every head of family 
residing in this state are exempt from taxation. So I guess the point I sort of make here is, like I said earlier, if the, if the, if the private if the taxpayer's home is exempt from taxation, how can the non-taxpayer's home be exempt from taxation? I guess I kind of want to keep pushing that here to make sure that everybody kind of gets that to sink into their head here. Then as we move along into uh, Florida Statutes 19601, exemption chapter sells that everyone has legal and beneficial title, shall be exempt from all taxation thereon. Now, the definition of title. The title is this Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, once again. Title is the means whereby the owner of his land has just possession of his property. The union of all elements which constitutes ownership, full independence, and free ownership. The right or to or ownership in land. Also, the evidence of such ownership. Such ownership may be held individually, jointly, in common, or in cooperation, in cooperation or partnership form. One who holds vested rights in property is said to have title, where he holds them for his own benefit or the other. So, I state that the definition of title of the Black Salt Dictionary truly conforms with what the is being exempt here in the Florida State Constitution and the Florida State Statutes. Definition of ownership. Once again, ownership is, for the, is property absolutely... Ownership is property that is absolute or qualified. The ownership of property is absolute when a single person has absolute dominion over the property, and the ownership is qualified when the property is restricted. Some people have certain deeds that have restrictions in them. There may be some argument whether or not they truly have true absolute ownership of the property. But most people that live in a normal three-bedroom, four-bedroom home in a neighborhood somewhere usually has perfect title to the property with really no deed restrictions at all on it. And we have our lodium definitions and our lodial titles, which we discussed earlier. They changed. But once again, you've got to ask yourself, what do we have title to? Is it the couch, the TV, lamps, tables, beds, DVD, CD collections, or the refrigerator? No, we have title to the land and the structures that sit upon the land as in a lodial sense, as in a complete perpetuity, not beholden any lords, superiors, and da-da-da. And then the court cases have been all over the place stating a question of legal title cannot be tried or decided. That technically tells us that land ownership in America is truly absolute. Therefore, no lawful court of the land can even hear the matter involving legal title because there can be no lawful claim against one who holds legal title. Legal title is absolute and held to complete for perpetuity. Now we're going to buzz into the definition of commercial use. We can understand what the difference is between what you do at your home and what's going on with the so-called business. Now, in order to have a business under the taxing statutes, there has to be a license of some kind whether it be occupational, um, uh, a corporate charter of some kind, um, excise license, maybe, something like that, okay? Commercial use by Black's Law Dictionary. Profit-making enterprise. If a profit-making enterprise is not present, there's no commercial use. Okay. Folks, if you're hearing us out there, sorry, we lost us over here just temporarily. We're going to get Steve right back. Um and uh, we were just talking about um, changing the world, right? Commercial use. If there's no um, profit-making enterprise at your property, there should be no tax. Possible for there to be a tax. That's basically what you have to uh, keep right. in mind. It would be impossible for there to be a tax. Right. There'd be no authority. No authority. No assessment. Yeah. No return. No nothing. Amen. Okay. Do you have any idea about where I left off? Yeah, you're right at the, well, the commercial use, again, Black's Law Dictionary, so we can drive this into people's brains. The term okay. is use in connection with or for furtherance of a profit-making enterprise, Robert's Enterprises. So, as stated above, household goods and personal effects are defined technically as things which give bodily comfort, such as shelter. You have a substantive right to live and be in a shelter. This is never going to change. And it can never be taxed. Bottom line. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, like we were discussed, yeah, household goods and personal effects, right? The creature comforts not held for commercial purposes and shall be exempt from taxation. Remember, to keep in mind, this is all who they're talking about. This has nothing to do with you and me. That's really the key element of this. And remember, the legislative intent, as does in the 195 there, makes it clear that they have to be in compliance with the requirements of general law in the Constitution. Now we're going to move into some of the statutory definitions here in 196.012. An exclusive use of property, number two, means property used solely for exempt purposes. 
Now, here's my favorite. is number 13. Real estate used and owned as a homestead means real property to the extent provided in 6A, Article 7 of the state constitution, but less any portion thereof for commercial purposes, with the title of such property being recorded in the official records of the county in which the property is located. Property rented for more than six months is presumed to be used for commercial purposes. Now, I remember, remember early when I told you guys keep an eye on this permanent residence thing, which I thought was very interesting. Permanent residence is described under 196.012.18 as, as means the place where a person has his or her true fixed and permanent home, principal establishment to which, whenever absent, he or she has the intention of returning. A person may have only one permanent residence at a time, and once a permanent residence is established in a foreign state or country, it is presumed to continue until the person shows a change has occurred. So once again, keep in mind what our permanent home and permanent residence definition here is. And also keep in mind, Steve talks way too fast sometimes, and you can go to Rocco Vanzetti on Facebook or Bono's Entertainment on YouTube, and you can hit that pause and stop button and, and write down everything Steve says. So continue on, Steve. <laughs> I just kind of know this stuff, and I'm just trying to get it out, you know. Right. Well, we're, we're getting feedback, and it's just I, I know the... Uh, how you uh, talk and, and you know this like the uh, like the back of your hand. So, just wanted to pass that on to people. Well, and plus those notes that I gave you. This I'm just, as you can tell, I'm pretty much reading off of this. So you can actually get that out to people, and they can just pretty much read almost what I've just been doing all Ab along here. Absolutely, and I'm just going to say the people in Florida are extremely fortunate. They're going to luck out because you have pretty much uh, picked uh, the. The, the fruit bearing tree clean and and all they have to do is is read and uh they have they have this resource right there at their fingertips so we are in a lot of the case law we're going to be running into here a little bit out the u.s supreme courts and other courts have all defined davalorum tax we're kind of we're almost there we're getting there yeah but uh anyhow we have the definitional terms here and uh the ford administrative code i guess we pretty much might say we've gotten through what would be the Use and the def and the exclusion, the, let's say the uh, exemption sections of what they're exempting from the taxation in their own codes. Now I, just, I now want to run into kind of what would be considered the homestead exemption stuff. Here's something that people really need to understand, and I'm hoping that this sort of helps them out. Homestead exemption was put in play back when the Internal Revenue Codes and the codes, taxing codes were put in play to make sure that, A, they can't tax the place you live in, okay? So they had to set up a way to separate the business part of the property because back in the day say the 1800s and the early 1900s most 80 percent of the people owned their own businesses they were farmers they were ranchers lumber mills or some kind of manufacturing and most of the time this was being conducted by the family so the family usually lived on the property that they did this business on and the homestead stuff was set up to separate that and as you can see here when we get to the ford administrative code 12 d Dash one zero zero two general rules and definitions. They claim homestead and homestead property means the property described in Article Seven, Section Six A, which we've read a couple times already. But here under twelve D dash seven O one three, homestead exemptions abandonment. Property used as a residence and used only by the owner as a place of business does not lose its homestead character. And then A, Section A gives an example. If the head of family occupying the second story of a building as his home and the first story of a building as his business house is entitled to claim homestead exemption on the building, except that portion not used by him either as his business house or his home. Any portion of the property not used as his business house may not be exempt as a homestead. In other words, if any portion of the first floor or second floor of the building is rented to another party and used by the other party for other purposes, it would not be within the exemptions provided under Article 7 of the state constitution. Then Section B makes it clear that the two uses should be separate. That used as a resident and business house being granted the exemption and the remainder being taxed. So here's what this technically really applied to back when this was written. It was back in the early 30s, 40s, and into the 50s and 60s. A lot of families owned like a little two-story building. Or go back to Andy Griffith with Floyd with the barbershop. <laughs> he lived he lived upstairs, but the barbershop was downstairs. And then a lot of people owned little family uh, hardware stores or restaurants where the family lived upstairs, but the business was downstairs. They would apply for a homestead exemption. Why? Because it's a constitutional right to have some place to live, and they can't tax it. So they had to set up the procedure to exclude from the taxation of the square footage of the building of the part you lived in and the part that you did your business in. 
Now, I'm hoping everybody understands that because that's the whole key to homestead exemptions. So I guess the point I'm making is the average guy who lives on a piece of land, I don't care if it's a little quarter acre with a three-bedroom house, two-car garage, and a swimming pool, or if you live on 100 acres with a 50-bedroom house and a 20-car garage, as long as all you're doing is living there, there's no way this place could ever be uh, applied to Avalorum taxation procedure to it, okay? Right. So now here's something I liked a lot because it explained something that a lot of people don't seem to understand because they want to claim that if you don't homestead exempt your little three-bedroom house and you're living in non-homesteaded property. Well, here in 193.1554 for the statutes, assessments of non-homestead residential property, they define this, which makes it very clear what it's all about. As used in this section, the term non-homestead residential property means residential real property that contains nine or fewer dwelling units, including vacant property zoned and platted for residential use, and that does not receive the exemptions under 196.031. So, once again, that shows you where the homestead exemption came. So let's say you and I owned an apartment complex, and obviously it's got nine or fewer dwelling units in it, and we live in one of them. We would apply, we, well, we could apply for homestead exemption, but let's say we don't. So in other words, that's going to be considered non-homestead residential property for tax for assessment purposes, right? Right. Okay. Florida's Administrative Code 12D states that, uh, well, it helps us understand that exemption is only for the head of family, the owner, taxpayer, that has property that is used for profit-making commercial purposes or used by the taxpayer owner as a place of business. And in making a permanent residence upon such property is entitled to claim that exemption upon the real upon the area of property set aside for the permanent residence, and that the two uses, permanent residence and business, should be separate. That used as a residence and business house being granted the exemption, and the remainder land used for the profit-oriented commercial purposes being taxed. And Florida statutes defines a permanent residence to mean a place where a person has his or her true fixed home and blah, blah, blah. And then we go through the uh, real estate used and owns it as a homestead. Makes it clear that the part that's used as the permanent residence should be granted the exempt exemption, but less any portion used for commercial purposes. And to bring to commercial purposes is defined in uh, one five okay non homestead property, which we just read through because I wrote that down here to put it a little clear. That's exactly what it means. That uh, is truly a commercial term for people in property engaged in commerce. And once again, the Black Salt Dictionary defines commerce as the furtherance of profit making enterprise. And the term commercial is trade or traffic or commerce in general and business in general. Now we have a case here from Gray versus Wintrop where it makes it clear that the state may not tax persons' property or interest which are not within its territorial jurisdiction. Once again, territorial jurisdiction is going to be the citus. What type of business is it running? And is the business an exempt type of business or a nonprofit business? That's going to be the territorial jurisdiction. And even though they're subject only to applicable and controlling federal law, state taxation is authorized, limited, and regulated by the state constitution and by the statutes enacted thereunder. So the homestead exemption stated in the state constitution, state statutes, and administrative codes would only apply to a person uh, who is defined as a legal entity or a... Uh, got to get my pages right here. Okay. Okay. Once again, the taxpayer, which is defined as a corporation or the legal entity in the Florida statutes, is in possession of real property, which is, which is used strictly for profit-oriented commercial purposes, such as a farm, ranch, mill, car lot, automotive repair lot, grocery store, restaurant, apartment complex, on and on and on. And with a part of that property being used as a permanent residence of the taxpayer owner, would or could apply for a homestead exemption to receive, for lack of a better word, a discount. And in order to receive the discount, the title to the, to the property must be recorded in the official records of the county in which the real property is located in accordance with the definition stated in 192.0112 and 13. Real estate used and owned as a homestead. Am I going too fast for anybody here? <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, okay. you, might wanna, you want, might want to hit the brakes a bit. So. We'll, we'll get it all archived on uh, but, you know, YouTube at Free Revolution radio's uh youtube channel so you know if folks want to go back and review it you know we'll have it uh, available for review and go to rocco's my uh facebook facebook yeah rocco vanzetti that's r-o-c-k-o-v-a-n-z-e-t-t-i on facebook rocco vanzetti and uh bonos entertainment on youtube and though the episodes will be mirrored there so uh, pointing all back uh 
to your content right here. So it's all happening live. Okay. Well, I, I just kind of keep looking at the clock, and it's like, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through the whole thing, so I'm just trying to make sure I at least read through this enough to where people, at least when they do listen to it, they can go back and just read, play back the five, ten seconds. That, absolutely. That, that's, so, that's how I do it. That's how that's really, That was really the goal, is just to get it on tape, you know? Right. So, I hear you. If it's too fast, and slow it down, I guess, and... Uh, Say so you got the notes here. I'm reading off of, so you can pass that out to people. They can read along and listen to it, and I think they'll be just fine then. But just to make sure we kind of prop through this, we're going to hunt back into the Florida statutes again for the definitions under 192.01. They define real property means lands, buildings, fixtures, and all other improvements to land. The term land, real estate, realty, and real property may be used interchangeably. Now, I remember when we were looking at the real property definition in the Black's Law Dictionary. Once again, we have the same definition. Is also not only is it 196, but they give the same definition of real estate used and owned as a homestead, meaning real property, but less any portion thereof used for commercial purposes. Now, here we have a nice case that I really found to be very exciting: Frick versus Pennsylvania, a U.S. Supreme Court case. In general, a state may tax everything which exists by its authority or is introduced by its permission within its boundaries. Once again, they're talking about the cities. While restricted to of property having a taxable citizen within the territorial jurisdiction of the state, the legislature may extend taxation to all persons and all property, real or personal, within its jurisdiction. Since a state can levy a property tax only upon property having a citizen of state, provisions requiring all property within the state to be subject to taxation will not be construed to include property which has no citizen for taxation in the state. Taxing statutes and statutes conferring authority to impose taxes are to be strictly construed. So I thought that was a great case that pretty well lays out exactly what the essence of all taxation is and how the courts and the property appraiser and tax collector have to do their due. Right, and you're, you're getting right back again. Citus, over and over. It's, uh, are you exercising a taxable privilege? Bottom yes. line. Bottom line. I, I can't get over the, the simplicity and common sense of that. Yep, and once again, Newport Illuminating Company versus Tax Assessor out of Rhode Island here says, when whoever the statutes enumerated classes of property will be subject to taxation, property cannot be taxed unless it falls in such classes. Once again, the citizen, which is defined as a location of the business. And then, of course, business citizen, one who carries on business in the state more or less permanent in its nature. And then it's even in the Florida statutes here in 192.032, citizen property for assessment purposes. All property assessed according to its citus as follows. Real property in the county, which is located in that taxing jurisdiction in which it may be located. That's well, the main... Okay, hold on. What, what if I were to ask you, do you have real property? Well, it depends on which definition you're using. Right. Well, I mean, personally, no. And if I ask you, do you have any real property, Steve? What are you going to tell me? Well, in the generic sense, yes. And the real properties described as the trees, the grass, the land, the mountains, the ponds, and the trees. If that exists on my property, I have real property by that definition. But if you go to the definition used in the statutes here that I just read, means lands, buildings, fixtures, and other improvements to land, which is the commercial definition. See, here's the key. If the tax codes really meant real property, meant your home, they would easily define that. It'd be lands, buildings, fixtures, Homes, carports, swimming pools, and just go on. They could put that in the statutes if that's what they were talking about. You get my drift there? Right. But since they don't include any of that, they can't include it just because they want to use the, the generic term of real property. They have to stick within the scope of what the definition under the taxation general provisions are laid out here of being lands, buildings, and fixtures. Right. And, of course, once you get the case law here talking about the CITES, which, of course, is all property used in the taxable privilege. So let me move on a little farther through here. And right. here we... it's, it's all that taxable privilege. Are you exercising a taxable privilege? Yeah. Uh, how many? I mean, the majority aren't. And, and they think, well, it's not that they think they are. They're just ignorant of the whole tax code itself. They get the bill and they write a check, and that's all they're ever going to know. 
And why do they do that? Because the municipal for-profit corporation minions are threatening that they're going to steal your whole couple hundred thousand dollars worth of home over a couple thousand dollars. Right, and, and their parents did it, and their parents' parents did it, and so on and so forth. People have been printed and indoctrinated. Just all the other monkeys do it. Yep, all the other monkeys do it. Right, right, right. That, that, that's what I'm talking about here. All, uh, people got to just uh, dig in and, and, and get to the truth of the matter. To remember, the Ford Administrative Code makes it clear that the person that can be, and a company can be, unless otherwise specifically provided, the word company may be used interchangeably with the word person. And when we looked at the definition of person in the statutes, it means a corporation, association, joint stock companies, and business trusts. So once again, that tells you whose type of real property they're talking about and what it has to be associated with. Uh, let me see. I'm just trying to kind of speed through this a little bit so you might have some time for some calls when I get to the end of this. <laughs> but uh, 92 clearly states that the, prop that the only property that they can levy a tax, an abhor tax, is a property having a citizen located in the taxing jurisdiction of the state. And once again, Black's Law Dictionary defines the business citizen as a place that carries on business. And they, also, and they also cover themselves to say that's a place of, of crime, anyway. Just throwing that in there. Well, it's just giving us a generic definition of just... Well, real sort of things. Exactly. Say again, Bo? Uh, real things. Uh, okay. That's uh, defined as, you know, in common law, such things as are... Uh, just hold on a second. Our, our permanent fix and immovable, which cannot be carried out of their place as lands and tenements. Things okay. substantial and immovable, and the rights and profits annexed to or issuing out of them. Okay. Now I'm going to move along a little farther here, and we're going to discuss uh, what a homestead basically is. And the Black's Law Dictionary defines homestead as a dwelling house and the adjoining land where the head of family dwells, the home farm. Once again, like I said, that just tells you right there in a nutshell what the whole homestead routine was all about, was people that were using their land as part of their business and living, defined as in the dictionary, is the personal right to the beneficial, peaceful, and interrupted use of the home property free from creditors. Now, here's my favorite here in the Florida Statutes in 2.12.031. Tax on rental license fee or use of property. It is declared to be the legislative intent that every person is exercising a tax privilege who engages in the business of renting, leasing, letting, or granting a license for the use of any real property unless such property is used exclusively of dwelling units. Now we get into the section here of the homestead exemption procedures that they use, which is even more interesting. Under Florida 12D7001, Application for exemptions makes it clear that each applicant uh, put in an application for an exemption under the 196.031 or 196.081, blah, 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 must provide his or her Social Security number. And if they don't put the Social Security number, failure to provide the Social Security number will render the application incomplete. Then we have the definition of Avalorum tax, again, a tax levied on a property or article of commerce. And the Florida Statutes 192.001 definitions, and addition to the following definitions shall apply to the imposition of Avalorum taxes. Avalorum taxes means a tax based upon the assessed property, the assessed value of property. The term property tax may be used interchangeably with the term Avalorum tax. So to put it all in a nutshell, homestead exemption, which is a commercial term, is only applicable to a business owner, a taxpayer who makes his home upon the property that his business is located on. This is why you need a Social Security number in order to be eligible for the exemption, as stated in the Ford Administrative Code 12D-0074, where it states that failure to provide such number render the application incomplete. If homestead exemption was only to show the homestead right to the property, there would need a tax number, unless there's a commercial use or economic use. Am I still with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're here. Okay, I heard a, heard a bunch of tones, so I wasn't sure. Right. Yeah. I went ahead and put some callers in the queue just to, uh, you know, we get uh, to the point we can a answer any questions. All right. Well, I guess the point I'm making is, like you say again, once again, the homestead right, they need a, a, a taxable, a tax ID number in order for you to apply for this. Now, what if you don't have a homestead exemption? Does that mean you can't own a home? <laughs> Does that mean they're going to tax you into oblivion out of it? <laughs> and then they have the exemption section of Avalorum Taxation at 196-192, making it clear that all property owned by an exempt entity, which would be a church, uh, scientific, literary, 
and these exclusively for exempt purposes shall be totally exempt from all av- all avalorum taxation. And it makes several exemption purposes here and several exemption points. Well, but the principle... The yeah, case. You, oh, sorry. You know what I'm looking at? What jumps out at me is this. In Florida, I think you got it made. It says ad valorem tax means uh, it's to be used interchangeably with the uh, property tax. So that that's a no-brainer once again. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be that way across the board, technically. Yep. But we have a, what I think was a really nice case here out of harder, harder fireproof storage and van. This basically lays out what an avalorum tax is and the Ohio tax cases that were in the U.S. Supreme Court back about 30, 40 years ago. It says that the principle is bottomed on the theory that the subject of avalorum taxation is property and that the excise tax is a right or privilege or a fee or tax enacted for the privilege of incorporating or doing business as a corporation. And then the Ohio tax cases makes the point, too, that Thus, it is well settled that a state may collect an avalorum tax on property used in a calling and at the same time impose a tax upon the pursuant of that calling. If you read the Ohio tax cases, that was the deal. They claimed it was double taxation, that they were paying this tax on the land and the, all, the, all their farm equipment and what have you, but they were also having to pay this license fee to do this stuff. And, of course, the court ruled that they could do both, that it's not double taxation to not only tax the property being used with the avalorum tax, but also make them pay a license tax or a uh, corporate tax of some kind to do the do. So the key is, is the Florida Administrative Code states and defines and associates homestead exemption to commercial use as a procedure used in determining profit or non-profit status of real property. Profit and non-exempt from avalorum and non-profit being exempt from all avalorum taxes. The U.S. Supreme Court has clearly defined that avalorum taxation is a tax on property used in a calling or a business, and an excise tax is a tax on the right or privilege to conduct the business within the state. And like I said, 196-192 out of Florida statute goes through this exemption of avalorum taxation, making it clear that all property owned by an exempt entity and used exclusively for exempt purposes shall be exempt from all taxation or all avalorum taxation. Once again, we have another great court case that I like that on Dorset versus Overstreet out of Florida. Although an excise or privilege tax, like a property tax, is passed to raise revenue, it is to be distinguished from a property taxation is that it is imposed upon the right to exercise the privilege. And its payment is made a condition of the exercise of the privilege involved. An excise tax partakes the nature of a license tax and is laid on a license to pursue certain occupations, corporate privileges, sales, or consumptions of commodities. Um, I'm going to buzz over here back to this Ohio tax case where, once again, they sort I think it's almost somewhat repeats, but it, it went on in this one area where I believe it makes it even more clear what an avalorum tax has to be. Right. Does hey, it? can I... Uh, um how about uh, if you considered uh, time to take a call or two, or, or what, what are you thinking here? Well, hang on a second. Let me just buzz through these few little cases here. I just, like I say, this has really helped people understand this one section here. Okay. Five minutes. Sure. Thus, it is well settled that a state may collect an avalorum tax on property used in a calling and at the same time impose a license tax on the pursuit of that calling. The principle is that an imposition of both an excise tax, privilege tax, an occupation or calling an avalorum tax on property using the excise or conduction form of such folks. I guess read that for me, man. Can you just know where I'm at there? Where you know what you you, you lost me. I was going to the next point. Uh, where are you at? Uh, okay, avalorum tax is is the word I'm saying in case people appear not to be understanding what I'm saying here. So, avalorum. Right. They need to, we all spell it for you. It's a d v a l o r m. O-R-E-M. Okay. Yeah, and that's the, the, prin- the principle is bottom on the theory that the subject of ad valorem taxation is property and that of excise taxation is a right or privilege or of a fee or tax exacted for the privilege of incorporating or doing business as a corporation. Once again, it's the exercise of uh, the right or privilege. So. Yep, and, and here's the one case I'd say that sums it all up. This is Commonwealth versus Union Pacific Railroad out of Kentucky. Since a state can levy a property tax only upon property having a citizen the state, provisions requiring all property within the state to be subject to taxation will not be con- to construe property which has no citizen for taxation within the state. When, however, the statutes enumerate classes of property which shall be subject to taxation, property cannot be taxed unless it falls within of such within one of the such classes. And then here was another one of my favorite cases that pretty much laid it all out here was um, 
Well, let me go to the bottom okay, here. Let me, let me make a quick comment. The next point I was going to make is is the, the granddaddy of all. This all points to if, if someone's going to be skeptical and say, oh, this is just a bunch of uh, hooey. Well, what's to say that uh, this isn't uh, slavery, slavery or involuntary servitude? Because if you are taxed, on, on, to have shelter and a place to live, that's exactly what you going on. What, what's going on? Slavery and involuntary servitude, which is well, cool. I would call it that. I call it just plain theft. Well, that too. <laughs> I mean, they don't have the right to collect the tax. Okay, your property doesn't come underneath any provisions of any taxation anywhere in any of the tax codes, even the Internal Revenue Code and or even the federal constitution. It doesn't even, t it does, you can't even volunteer for it, I guess is sort of where I wanted to go with that. Right, I mean, I guess, I guess if you were to object a little, it's theft, and if you were to object a lot, it's involuntary servitude. It just it depends on your degree of ignorance, you know? So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess this case pretty well sums it up here. It's Redfield versus Fisher. The individual, unlike the corporation, cannot be taxed for, its, for the mere privilege of existing. The corporation is an artificial entity which owes its existence and charter powers to the state. Right. But the individual's right to live and own property are natural rights for the enjoyment of which an excise not can, cannot be imposed. Wherefore, it's a fact that neither the state statutes or the state constitution of Florida provides a procedure to assess, levy, a commercial abhorrent tax, any kind of non-commercial property, used strictly as a dwelling of its owner. Therefore, it's the public servants are uh, truly in violating the, the state constitution and the laws of the state of the United States of America. I mean, that's... If you let them. If you let them. Well, I don't think anybody's letting them. The people just haven't really managed to educate themselves to what it's all about, to where they can understand it and put up a uh, an educated, um, a uh, you know, either way. If you're going to sue them for it, you got to have the goods to show that what they're doing is they're falsifying the assessment role by having your property on it. That's all it is. Absolutely, and you have to re rebut that presumption. you got to go down and talk to the assessor or appraiser and, and raise the issues. And I would start. I like public records requests. I think those are the best ways because, A, you can use them as evidence in your court case. Whether they, If they don't answer them, then you've got some goods. To pop. When you start your court case, you can use the public records request to show that you asked these questions before you involved the court in it, and they were never able to give you any definitive answer that you could understand. Right. I guess we, got, we, got, we got 15 minutes left, so I'm thinking one lucky caller or not so lucky caller, as the case may be. Uh, if someone wants to raise uh, an issue, get something answered. Yeah, go for it. Uh, do we have anybody out? 773, Eric, I believe you were first. 773? Uh, I, I guess I put them all to sleep, man. <laughs> right. No, no, I think sometimes we get callers that are just... Um, They're just listening. Clinging on listening. Yeah, about area code 630. 630? And I think there's... It seems like there's a 20, 30-second delay between what we're doing and the Internet, too. So Yeah. Yeah, Internet seems glitchy. You lost the server once, right? Um, okay, so if you would like to call in, let's see. Uh, 630? Yes, go ahead. Comment or question? Yeah, um, well, you know what? It sounds like a lot of fancy language, and um, I have to get a legal uh, manual myself one of these days and study that stuff, because uh, uh, the biggest corporation in the world, I believe, is the United States government. That being said, the Federal uh, Private Reserve Bank, which is uh, either private nor reserve, no, it is private, it's, it's, uh, no longer, it's, it's not federal, rather, or reserve, but the fact of the matter is, all central banks are devaluing their currencies, and it's a race to the bottom, it's called, and once that happens, um, I don't think there's going to be any more court systems or anything except possibly federal uh, law like NDAA and NSA and all, all the Military Commissions Act and so forth and so on. And everybody, everybody is probably going to receive money in the form of a magnetic card or a chip. And if you don't like it, you're at your own peril. That's, that's my opinion about the future. And right now we're 99, I think we're 95 to 99% debt to GDP. One, 
at the end of 2013, I understand it's going to be 110. I speculate 125 to 150 GDP, there's going to be a collapse, yeah, a global well, collapse. Know, right. Well, we're working with what we're working with right now. But, hey, we appreciate that view of uh, that. Right. So, consideration. Oh, yeah, great, right. right, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. And, and let me hold on and then put a stand hold. Okay, great. Okay, uh, 954, Erica, go ahead. Hi. Um, the question I wanted, how do I get those statues that the guy was rambling all night on? He was saying them so fast, I missed all of them. How can I get I, you can, uh, um, a copy of it or a transcript of the uh, call tonight? Uh, you can uh, you can go to my Facebook page. That's uh, Rocco Vanzetti, and that's R O C K O V A N Z E T T I on Facebook. And you can watch uh, or re-listen at Bono's Entertainment on YouTube. So we're gonna get this we're gonna get this out to you. Here's an email: Rocco Vanzetti at gmx dot com. Is it on the website? It's going to be on, um, no, there is no website, but, but Facebook. Yes, yeah, so I'll be getting that out for people. Uh, so you, you, get, you got that email, Rocco Vanzetti at GMN? No, all right, hold on. Is it Rocco, you said, Rocco? Yeah, yeah listen, R-O-C-K-O. Uh-huh. V-A-N. V-A-N? Yes. V-A-N. Z-E-T-T-I. Z E T T I. Correct. At GMX dot com. At GMS dot com. You All right, I hope this comes out. Okay, we're gonna have to move along. Thanks. Okay, you. thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. All right, bye bye. All right, best wishes. Area code seven seven two. Yes. Go ahead, comment or question. I was wondering if you were going to post the notes of this information uh, somewhere so that we could maybe download them. Yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to cover that. You can uh, go to my Facebook page, uh, Rocco Vanzetti. Okay, what you just told her essentially. Correct. You got it. So thank, thank you very much. Thanks. Moving along. Yeah. If nothing else, we'll find another um, you know uh, old site we can put them up, but. Uh, You'll have them on Facebook. Area code 713, you're up. Hey, uh, thanks for having uh, Steve back on again. I, I, I ran across the YouTube videos posted about a year ago, and I, I wanted to kind of give my opinion on the first caller that said it sounded like he was going to need a legal manual. I, I've got news for you. Uh, the statutes are available for every state online, okay? And all you have to do is search for your state constitution. Not only that, but every definition that they use is available online. And you can make your own determination as to whether or not you are the one they're speaking about within those statutes. Uh, this is the real deal, and uh, I agree with Steve. He's 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. It was actually it was 10 months ago um, or so he was on with us the first time, and, and the response to those videos we put up. I had to break it into seven different segments to get it all up uh, at the time. And yeah, the response has been just amazing though. And uh, I have directed some uh, people looking to talk to Steve, you know, by email and such. And he's uh, helped uh, as many as he, as he can, but you got to remember he's only one man. So yeah, it helps when you do your background research first, like pulling up the state statutes and Constitution, that sort of thing. So, well, look, you can't you can't believe what other people say. You have to you have to do your due diligence. You have to verify these things yourself. Absolutely. You can't, you can't freaking go off half cocked, man. I mean, and and like you said before, most of the time people find themselves in hot water already, and they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, and and that's not going to help. You know, you got to you got to be prepared to to. Right, but it's also toe -to -toe it's it's also a catalyst to, to get serious to wake up and uh, don't let it get you down if you're in the middle of it. I mean, that's where yeah. I'm at. So it, it's you're right, Rocco. You can't be defeatist about it. You have to be proactive. It's empowerment. This is your wake up yeah. call. If yeah. someone, uh, if you feel if you find 
you're in court, that's a wake-up call. And uh, whatever it takes to wake people up, I don't care how they get woken up, I'm, I'm trying to help wake people up. So, uh, Well, thanks again for having him back on there. Really Absolutely. And you can always hit pause and, and write this stuff down. I know uh, he, he gets the information out there uh, with speed, but sometimes that's, that's what it takes. That's the price of uh, learning. There's just well, so much of it. I mean, there's, yeah, like, and there's like 500 pages of statutes, and I tried to condense the most detailed parts of it into uh, this presentation, and it took me two weeks just to put that together, and I still didn't get through all of it. Right. We got 28 pages of show notes. That's not even including all the other notes that have been provided. So the, the people in Florida tonight are extremely fortunate, so I just want to say that. They're going to be getting the fruits of your labor. So, Well, I'm in, I'm in Texas, and I've got to tell the people that are listening that the constitutions and the statutes are not necessarily verbatim from state to state, but they are very quite similar. Exactly. So, so. so you'll find your answers within your own statutes and your own constitution. Amen. Right, right. Thank Happy you. hunting is what I got to say. Yeah, everybody should go, and I prefer a hard copy, but you can download them from the Internet anymore, um, uh, of a Black's Law Dictionary. Fourth edition is great to have because that's one that's accepted by the state courts. But any of the Black's Law really dictionaries to have, so you can understand these words. These words are not and, what you were taught in high school, right? And if you start going into federal jurisdiction, they turn over and go to the Bouviers. Right. That's true. Absolutely. All the legal dictionaries are considered to be jurisprudence definitions that can be used in any court of law. Well, and they are very specifically constructed. Those yes. words that they use in there, they're not meant to be used in the common sense. People have to understand that. They're, they're to be used very specifically. So, right, you have to add legal construction to all those words. Right. And within the scope. And within the scope. The scope and classification. Those are the two keys. Scope and classification of the, of the statutory definitions. That's how you have to think when you're reading these statutes and using these terms like taxpayer, person, avalorum tax. Those are the key words. If you understand the definition of those, I don't think you'll have a problem really getting the gist of your ta state statutes or state revenue code, whatever they call it there. Right. Okay. We got a, a, another, we got room for one more short caller <laughs> or a very quick call. So anybody, anybody out there got anything to add, comments or questions? I don't think we have any else. anybody else waiting online. Okay. Well, then, I lost connection to the server for the chat room for some reason. I can't get back in there. Okay. Uh, Why don't we just wrap it up then? Have a yeah, we are we're all running down on time. So you know, that being said, Steve, I can't thank you enough for coming back. I know that people have waited 10 months for this. And wow. It was well worth it. Well, we're back by popular, back by popular demand, huh? You're, you're a wanted man. It took us ten months to get you back. How long is it going to take next time? Well, I'd say about another ten months, twelve months. Probably sounds good. There we go. <laughs> Mark well, it on your calendar. We, we got, <laughs> I'm going for twice a year here. So yeah, by then um, Rush will be on the. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.